everyone. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the official podcast of Christmas. We are the kick-ass irreverent gaming <laughs> podcast where you will have yourself a merry little Christmas and you'll be home for it too because coronavirus says you have to stay at home. So welcome everyone. This is episode 186 of our jolly little gaming podcast here. Um... I I improvised so much and now I've lost my place in the script, Holden. <laughs> Where am I? What do I do? Oh hi. I'm Chad Michael Hines. <laughs> I was like, how do I say we're at the very beginning still? Um We've got with us Holden Jolly Old Saint Nicholas, lean your beard this way and tickle me with a mustache ride Depardo. <laughs> I would say only half of those descriptors work for me. <laughs> Every other word. And we've also got the dreamiest fan base in the entire Globo watching us and joining us from all over the Globo <laughs> right now. You don't know what Globo is. It's Spanish for balloon. <laughs> but it kind of sounds like globe, which is like the earth. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, you can put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service, or you can put us in your eyeballs <laughs> with searching for Respawning Fire on YouTube. That's right, we've gone into the third dimension with 2D video, and if you want to go into the fourth dimension by breaking the space-time continuum, you can do that by going into a phone booth in jolly old London town, a.k.a. twitch.tv slash affableidiots every Sunday night at 8 p.m., 8.30 Eastern, one day holden. One day we should change this note template. Um, like we're doing right now. How do I work this technology? <laughs> I did it. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, there are a few people. Oh, there are people watching us right now. We've got Porkchop saying, yo, please come back. Dads, please don't leave again. <laughs> We've also got, sub you cootie kings. Okay, important poll out right now. Before we get to the rest of the episode, if you are watching this live... You can go to Affable Idiots Twitter. This is twitter.com slash affableidiots. And there is a poll. Everyone else who's not watching live, forget about it. You're too late. You were never our friends to begin with. <laughs> if I say I think lint you're still liquor, our friends, random person. If I just say the two words lint liquor, do you know exactly what ad I am referencing? That's the important poll. Go to Affable Idiots, tell us yes. Or no, I'm a baby or old. <laughs> Those are your two choices. Okay. There's no shame in saying no, I'm a baby episode. or old. That's what I said because I didn't I didn't know about it. That's true. And then Chad sent me the ad, and it's a good ad. It's a good ad. I won't tell you what ad it is because then you would know and would answer the poll with it would it would skew the results of the poll, and we can't do that. You know what I just realized? Defense. <laughs> D E D mm -hmm. or Day. Is uh, is a uh, Spanish for of, mm -hmm. so defense, of fence, offense. The best defense is a good offense. <laughs> That's what I just realized. <laughs> and I just realized that Chad did some serious drugs from this podcast I because this no has been the wackiest intro I think D we've ever had. I won't do drugs. A won't have an attitude. Or I will respect myself. E, I will educate me. That is the dare promise, everyone. I don't know if you ever took dare in elementary school, but that's what I learned. It's going to be so I was special one of the today. I kids that mocked it. <laughs> it's going to be special. We're going to talk about really Xbox do One do reviews. We're going to talk about uh, Starfield. We have an update on Starfield. Remember that game? 
from Elder Scrolls developers, Bethesda. Um, and we have um, Pikman. 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 Yeah, it is Pikman. Pikman. Yeah, I wrote Pikman. Pikman. I, I, at first oh, I was like, it is Pikman, isn't it? <laughs> what is this? Have I it's been saying Pikman, it Pikman? Yeah. Is it? But no, it is Pikman. Pikman. Uh, we have some Pikmin. <laughs> it doesn't matter, though, because it's done. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but... Fucking yeah. So let's start our episode. Before we get to any of that, let's talk about Xbox. Last week we did a very special PlayStation re- uh, retrospective event where we just looked at back at the PlayStation 4, its life cycle from reveal to, t- to current day. We're going to do the same thing r- real quick today with the Xbox One. Obviously, it's going to be much shorter um, because it does not accomplish as many things. <laughs> that is me. Uh, just kind of getting in here and uh, how do I remember things from 20 years ago? What are you talking about? I'm 30. I was 10. That's a normal amount of time to remember things. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Xbox. <clears throat> Starting with the Xbox One reveal event. Let's get back into that mindset. It's 2013. We're just learning about these new consoles. We're hyped as fuck because we knew that Xbox 360 launched with Perfect Dark Zero and they had to have another hit this time as well. Xbox showed off the event, showed off the new console <clears throat> at an event that was like laughably dedicated to basically everything but video games. It was yeah. TV. There was a supercut of every time they say sports that you can find on YouTube, which is sports, 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 sports. TV, TV. Um, what a, and it, it killed the momentum for this thing. Absolutely killed it. And that was well, here's the thing is there wasn't even really momentum because it hadn't started yet. Like this was the first. Well, there was there was still buzz there like was... going into it was like oh my goodness, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Xbox is gonna have a new console soon. I wonder what it's gonna be. I wonder what it's gonna do. <clears throat> and everyone's like oh oh. Uh, in fact, it is called Xbox One because it was an all-in-one entertainment device. They wanted it to be the center of your living room. In fact, you can even that like there are still two HDMI ports on it, so that you can plug your cable box and run it through your Xbox. That's how crazy <laughs> not, like, involved they want. Not with the Series X. <laughs> no, not with Series X. Um, so that's how it, it launched. They almost didn't talk about games at all that entire event. They said, "Oh yeah, we'll talk about games later and, and at E3." Um, they showed off all sorts of things. Like I'm not even sure all of these ended up coming out either. But, no, not all of them did. Uh, a bunch of things were shown off, including like the ability to snap for multi, like snap mode for multitasking on there. I don't know if that ever came to it. ESPN, Skype, the Xbox TV guide, which I'm sure gets a ton of use. <laughs> it's also missing tons of features when they came out. Yeah, like, you couldn't record something from your DVR from there. Like there were things that were missing that just it just didn't work. I think it's it's uh, let's. Let's go ahead and say this up front. This will be an objective look back at Xbox One. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. Um, (laughs) Phil Spencer, we should say we're, I I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a PlayStation fanboy. I think you're more of a PlayStation fanboy, but we're neither of us are Xbox people. We should just say that like right off the bit. Let's just say, let's just say. I would be more of an Xbox fan if they gave me reason to be an Xbox fan this generation. (laughs) (laughs) I was an Xbox boy for the original Xbox. Faux show. Um, So Phil Spencer also revealed Forza Motorsport 5. He announced Quantum Break. It's talk about TV. Halo is getting a TV show with Steven Spielberg. Still hasn't happened yet. Um, It's not even Steven Spielberg one they're working on anymore. That's That's just a different thing. It's a different show for Showtime. And uh, then they close the show with call of duty ghost 
Before we move on, I yeah. just have to point out what Brent has mentioned here about that HDMI port, the HDMI in for the TV. He says, I used to use, put my PS4 or other console into the port and play PS4 games while on Xbox Party Chat. That HDMI in was awesome. That's, that's hilarious. kind of awesome. That's kind of that's awesome. a rebel. That's that's a rebel move right there. With a cause. It's because I hate him. <laughs> Fire Toby. <laughs> Goodbye, Toby. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, in uh, this is another little tidbit. They also revealed that like there was going to be DRM. It was had to be an always on console. It would check to make sure it was connected to the internet every so often. Otherwise, it would stop functioning. Yeah, none of that was in the introductory event though. It was all like oh, in interviews. After the event, they didn't oh. even talk about that. There's no mention of it at all. So yeah, that came with Phil Harrison, and, and so there was the DRM information about like being able to share uh, no digital games that came in E3 later. Um, and so then at E3, we get to a, a, a couple of like actually jaw-dropping moments. The first being the fact that Metal Gear Solid: The Phantom Pain, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Uh, started off the show. This is a, a game franchise that had never been on Xbox before. And in fact, famously, like, Metal Gear Solid 4 still isn't, even though the rest eventually came to it. But, like, that was a huge get to see that it revealed in a Microsoft console. On a Microsoft console. Uh, so then Don Matrick. Good old Don Matrick. What a mensch. Uh, says, he gets on stage and he says, as we've been promising, it's all about the games. Yeah, that's exactly what they promised. <laughs> <laughs> TV, 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 sports, sports. It's in the game. <laughs> there were some some new IPs shown off. Like we had Rise, Son of Rome. Did you ever play that game? No, I didn't. I it's played like a little Pass. bit of it, but I wouldn't say I played it. Yeah, it's I on Game Pass. You shouldn't play it. Um, I accidentally <laughs> played it because I thought it was there, was... there was a game with a similar name that had integration with Philips Hue lights, and it could synchronize mm-hmm. with them, and I was like, oh, I want to play that because I got all my Philips Hue lights, and then I played Rise, Son of Rome instead, and it was like, oh, this is not good. Um, <laughs> they introduced Killer Instinct, Sunset Overdrive, Forza Motorsport. And then there were a, a big old list of games coming in here. So Minecraft was coming to Xbox One. Uh, we saw Quantum Break, that game with Iceman, Bobby Drake in it. Uh, also had the TV show in it with Zavala. Uh, D4, whatever the fuck that was. Project Spark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember Project Spark? And they had Conquer in that thing? They're like, we don't know what the fuck to do with the squirrel we bought, so let's put it in Project Spark. <laughs> the demo looked really cool, but then looking into everything for this, they stopped selling that game. Yeah. Which means probably didn't do that well. No, this was like a, it was was like a, a shame, create your world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Crimson Dragon was a Connect game. Dead Rising 3 was shown off. First trailer for The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Everyone was stu- super pumped on that. That's one of the best next-gen trailers of the time, that next-gen. Like, yeah. that was one of the best trailers, hands down. Blew my mind. Uh, and then this was big news. Phil Spencer got on stage and said they had uh, acquired five new studios, uh, including Black Tusk Studios. They showed off Halo 5, and they announced the price, $4.99, coming in November of 2013. And the price increase was because they put all their eggs in the Connect basket. And mm-hmm. they said, not only are we supporting the Kinect, but here's a new, giant, beefy version of it to put on your home console uh, center. And um, y- everyone has to buy an Xbox with it, and that's why it's more expensive now. And then all the developers hated it, and then everyone else also hated it. And then they said, just kidding, <laughs> we're not supporting it anymore. And they took it out of the box. And now nothing ever supports Kinect, not even backwards compatibility yeah. stuff. 
and they had balls at least to put it in there. But yeah. it just did not pan out. And and again, like it's worth mentioning. In that E3 event, they did not once mention like the always on or the DRM. All that was in interviews outside of the outside of there. But the only time at E3 all that stuff was mentioned was at E3 at Sony's E3 press conference, where they just shat all over Microsoft for doing that move. And it just it was just a really, really bad look. That E3 is the same event where they had Don Matrick saying, if you if you don't have an internet connection, we have a product for you. It's called Xbox 360. Yeah, <laughs> it just it was it was really really bad, and it just set them up for not greatness. Yeah, their final announcement though this was the big bet was Titanfall. I showed off Titanfall, which yeah. was like anyone who was getting an Xbox. That was when it was like, are you getting an Xbox or are you going to get a PS4? And anyone who chose Xbox were like, dude, obviously Xbox. Have you seen Titanfall? I'm going to play Titanfall. That's going to be dope. That's going to be so much better than insert knack here. Um, <laughs> to be fair, they were defense. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Titanfall did look dope, but I believe, didn't it get delayed? I thought I think Titanfall got delayed to like March or something like that. Yeah, it was March. Yeah, it came out in March. It's, it wasn't supposed to be a launch title. They said at the E3 event it's coming in spring. Gotcha. I think. So, so it, it, it came it was out. It's always a promised later kind of thing. Was it the 360 one that got delayed, though? That I didn't look into. I think there's a 360 version of it that was, like, really watered down. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Let's take a look back. That's how it was announced. Let's take a look back at uh, some of the games and services that uh, came to Xbox over the years. And I'm going to give you... I'm just going to set expectations ahead of time. Most of these games are are, are not good. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. If you look at the I Metacritic would, of them and reviews, they are not good. They are objectively not good games. <laughs> the you yeah, going through and like putting this list together like oh there's way more games than I thought but I'm like I don't remember that game oh yeah I remember that one but that one like wasn't great and it just that was the theme it it was it's just, it's just embarrassing yep anyway we'll go ahead coming in launch year 2013 we had Crimson Dragon which was a connect title Dead Rising three Forza Motorsport five Killer Instinct that fighting game and Rise Son of Rome. 2014, we got our first remaster with Fable Anniversary. Minecraft came out on it, but it came actually to PS4 two days earlier. This is before they owned uh, Mojang. Forza Horizon 2. Project Spark, again. Conquer, no longer sold. Sunset Overdrive was like a light in the dark. That was the first game that everyone was like, wow, this is actually like a good game on Xbox. It was amazing. And then the Halo Master Chief Collection which was just kind of plagued for over a year with matchmaking troubles and the game not running well and all of that kind of fun stuff. <clears throat> 2015, Ori and the Blind Forest came out. Now, this is a game that I demand Holden, this is a mandated, a mandatory barf. I can't make it, I can't make it, this, is, this won't be your one game you have to play this year just because... We're running out of time on that, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I never played Metro Exodus. I just looked up two hours of gameplay footage and pretended I played it. Just kidding. What if I did that, though? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you should... You should. I think you would love Orion Will of the Wisps for sure, but I think you would also mm -hmm. really like Blind Forest, and you don't have to play one to understand the other. Uh, 2015 also brought us Rare Replay, which was another, like, really... like It was what, 30 games, 32 games, something like that, from Rare's history that a lot of people loved. Gears of War, the original Ultimate Edition released. Forza Motorsport 6, Halo 5 Guardians. And then, 
Hold on. I was trying to think of another time in history when this has happened in the gaming world. Rise of the Tomb Raider was released as a year as a as a, a year long exclusive with Xbox. And I remember this being a big deal, and there was a lot of stink to it because one, the new reboot reviewed really well. It was cross platform; like mm -hmm. everything had it. You could play it on whatever you wanted to play it on. And then it came out, and they said, "Rise of the Tomb Raider," the sequel to this big hit franchise, was going to be exclusive to Xbox for a year. And I, for the life of me, could not think of another game that was announced as a timed exclusive before Rise of the Tomb Raider. Or at least it wasn't very common practice, as it is today. Like, we have a story coming up later about Godfall. It's a timed exclusive, but... Yeah, the only instance where I can think of that is... And it's not, it doesn't really count. Is like when 360 came out a year before PS3. So just there was kind of like a natural, right. quote-unquote, timed exclusive. But not like this was, where it was like a legitimate business decision. Yeah, I can't think of any. And there were, of course, games that came out that then eventually got ported to other systems. But yeah, this is the first one that I think it was like an actual partnership that ruffled a lot of people's fe people's feathers at the time, and people were pissed off mm -hmm. about it. And then nowadays, it's common practice. Yeah. What's interesting though is that whenever it finally came out on the PS4 a year later, it was a, a much better version of it, and <laughs> <laughs> it also included a bunch of free content. the The VR stuff as well was exclusive to PlayStation. And then PS4 Pro. Came out the just kind of time to PS. Yeah, it's time to PS4 Pro. Then we had 2016 Quantum Break came out and did not do what they wanted it to do from Remedy. Uh, good no. old Bobby Drake Iceman coming in there did not his TV show did not go over well. <laughs> Recore, oh Holden, they made such a big deal about this game from the Mega Man creator, mm -hmm. and he was like, "This new thing called Recore is going to be amazing," and this thing flopped. and the producer of Metroid Prime, yeah, yeah, which is what got me hyped about it. This thing flopped like a fucking bass gasping for air on the bed of a boat <laughs> just after being caught on a brisk Saturday morning. Um, Gears of War 4 came out. Again, kind of lukewarm reviews. Dead Rising 4 came and went. But we also got a reveal in 2016. They revealed the most powerful console in the world, the Xbox One X. Or sorry, yeah, the Xbox One X. And at the same time, they said, this is a console's coming next year, but right now, kind of, you can pre-order an Xbox One S, which is a slimmed down, a little bit better version of our Xbox One uh, coming in August. I think they also, it was like, what, Project Scorpio, was it? Scorpio was the code name for, yeah, Xbox One yeah. X. Yeah. And they even the launch day editions were, you could get a Scorpio one that actually has Scorpio written on it and on the controller. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a, a a fun little move there. Xbox One S being released. Uh, funnily enough, you could get it in a couple different SKUs, but the two terabyte came out first, and then you could like three weeks later get the one terabyte or the five hundred gigabyte model. And was there ever a two terabyte One X? I don't know if there was. Probably like a special edition, because I know there have been two terabyte PlayStation Fours, but it was only like the special edition ones. Like the five hundred mm -hmm. million PlayStation was a two terabyte and. I don't know. <clears throat> 2017. <laughs> Halo Wars 2. Phantom Dust. Didn't that get canceled? Yeah, but it's still listed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Forza Motorsport 7. Super Lucky's Tale. Uh, so a, a bunch of AAA great games coming out that year. But what has literally like been the biggest contribution to gaming in the last 10 years, I think... 
Xbox Game Pass released yep, on absolutely. June first. Uh, it was huge. Like I remember when it came out, we were doing the podcast at that point. I was like, "This is like the mm-hmm. this is the biggest thing that's been announced. This is amazing." And first party titles coming on day one to Game Pass. That's incredible. That's unheard of. Now we see why because they're all just fine games. Um, <laughs> the very definition of fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, later that year, November seventh, Xbox One X releases as its interstitial update. Three years left. We've got 2018. Saw Sea of Thieves from Rare. State of Decay 2. There was a big old stink about PUBG being exclusive to Xbox on console, which was a big get for them because it was huge at the time, but pretty quickly lost steam and then eventually came to other consoles. And then Forza Horizon 4 Seasons. Not to be confused with Forza Horizon Four Seasons Hotel or Forza Horizon Four <laughs> Seasons Landscaping Place. <laughs> but, <laughs> that is like straight out of an episode of Veep. <laughs> True story. On election life. night, I started watching Veep again, and uh, I'm on season two now, and it's it is my fourth time through this thing, and it's just still just as fucking laugh out loud funny as it is, especially given Donald Trump's campaign. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then we have 2019 last year. Crackdown 3 came out. Big old to-do about this game. Lots of turbulent development. Came out, I think it got like fives and sixes from places. This is a light in the dark, Holden. Gears 5. Criminally underplayed game. Criminally underplayed game. Came out last year. Also is the biggest showcase title for the Xbox Series X right now because they have nothing else. But... It's a great excuse and a great opportunity for people to actually finally play this game. It is gorgeous, beautiful environments, excellent HDR, um, really fun multiplayer. I think pe- I think a lot of people slept on this game, and they I hope they get to play it. And then, of course, Orion Will of the Wisps, one of the best platformers of the generation, for sure. Like, right up there with Hollow Knight and Guacamelee. Bleeding Edge came out, and then finally, on June 9th, we took another step forward with Game Pass, including Game Pass for PC, that went into open beta, and the announcement of Game Pass Ultimate, which bundles Xbox Live Gold with it as well, for 15 bucks a month. 2020, no games. (laughs) (laughs) However, again, another huge contribution to the gaming uh, landscape is xCloud. Project xCloud went into beta and then launched and is now part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, Did that in September on the 15th. And Game Pass has officially hit 15 million subscribers. So, by the end of the generation, Xbox is no longer, obviously, they're losing the the sales war to to Sony. uh, So they are no longer giving units of consoles sold. But estimates are somewhere in the range of like 50 million. So, Holden, from the game's perspective, not a lot going on. However, Game no. Pass, xCloud, like, those are huge contributions. Um, yeah. So the that- only good games they had in the whole generation were carryovers from prior generations. Halo. But even then, like, Halo 5 Guardians was not necessarily, you know, a, a pinnacle of halo unlike a lot of the playstation exclusives or basically every game that was in a franchise was considered the pinnacle of that franchise right and then gears like besides gears 5 kind of lukewarm there forza motorsport like okay yeah those games are all considered really good but 
it's a racing game. It kind of speaks to people who like racing games and not much outside of that. So, yeah, just it, it was a huge disappointment. And one thing I want to like add on to this, too. Phil Spencer was Don Matrick was the head of Xbox starting off this generation. Phil Spencer took over. What was Phil Spencer's role at Xbox right before taking over? He was the head of Xbox Game Studios. He was head of the part that they're still to this day not doing as well in. And I don't know, I kind of had this thought of like, you'd think that when you're the head of Xbox Game Studios, then you take over as head of Xbox, you would recognize that that's one of your, one of the console's weaknesses. And that you would do a lot to make sure that by the next generation, you can you can be ready for that. And we're still in a position where it's like, no, 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 wait, we bought all these companies, just wait. Yeah. So it seems kind of weird. I wonder how much behind the scenes they really had to like readjust for Series X and on and set the future of Xbox. I think we've mentioned so, this on the podcast before where uh, like the, the last half of this generation has been just like Phil Spencer cleaning up Don Matrick's mess so that he can prep for this generation. Yeah. Uh, not even they don't well no, they are calling it a generation now. Um so I, I think we are just now going to start seeing announcements about acquiring all these studios and they're making games and, and what we're seeing will be finally Phil Spencer's vision come to light. Um yeah. And, and it, I think you're right. It's taken a little longer than anyone had hoped for that to kind of come to fruition. But I have confidence. I know it sounds like I don't often, but I have confidence that Phil Spencer <laughs> is going to turn this thing into like a really amazing console and ecosystem uh, outside of just mm-hmm. the tech that runs it, but also a great place to play some really amazing games. We're not yeah. there and yet. And they have his but... back, too. They, uh, Satya Nadell, the CEO of Microsoft, would not have let Phil Spencer spend $7.5 billion on Bethesda unless they were confident in where they were going to be in the next several years. So yeah. they have confidence there. And, and I had a big transition myself because uh, if people go back and listen to the earlier episodes, probably one of my worst takes ever is Microsoft is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not turn out to I be think, the case. I think at any given time, we've we've all been through, Nintendo is doomed, Xbox is doomed, yeah. Sony is doomed. I, there were so many conversations coming out of the Wii U. They're like, what if just like Sony or Xbox buys Nintendo and then they oh, those games are on their consoles. So what if they just <laughs> move to mobile? And, like, these were yeah. all serious things that were getting discussed. And we had that conversation about Xbox as well. I was like, so yeah. I, I'm th- I think we've all been there at one point or another. <laughs> oh, I was adamant about it, though. <laughs> I was so adamant. <laughs> I remember one of the things I said was, um, the first console to be out of the race is going to be Microsoft. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or that it was going to be Xbox. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm very glad, I'm very glad I was wrong. Yeah. So that's what uh, the, the Xbox One kind of has set itself up with over the generation. We have a new generation starting just this Tuesday in two days. By the time people are listening to this, I will literally have this in my home. Our episode goes live yeah. at 9 a.m. I have my pickup time scheduled at Best Buy for 8 a.m. So Ooh. it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting. I probably won't play it for a few days, and then once I boot it on, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to play on it. Maybe I'll just download Ori and the Will of the Wisp again and play it for three minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, But we're going to talk a lot more about Series X and more in just a moment. First, Holden, let's talk a little bit about playtime. I see you've got a list of things. I do not want to talk about those things yet because mine is short, so I'm going to talk about it first. Yeah. I played Destiny 2 this week. Surprise fucking surprise. I promise (laughs) there will be more for me to talk about next week as the consoles come in, and I play literally everything. In fact, I'm pretty sure... 
I have a week off of work. I'm, I know I have a week off of work from Thursday through the following Wednesday. And I'm pretty sure I'm just going to be streaming on our channel, twitch.tv slash idiots, everything I'm playing on PS5. So if you're curious about Miles Morales or um, Godfall or Demon's Souls, tune in. Watch me play through those same things. Maybe some of them I'll be playing with friends. Maybe some of them I'll be playing by myself. Maybe I'll be naked playing them. Who knows? You won't be because then you won't be on Twitch. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have a beanbag over my beanbag. Then, so anyway, Destiny You still have your 2. nipples showing. You still have your nipples showing. <laughs> Maybe I'll have pasties over my nipsies. <laughs> Destiny 2, hold in. It is coming to an end. Monday, tomorrow, is the last day that many planets in Destiny 2 will be available. And with them, a ton of activities are going away. The season of Arrivals is ending and beyond light. And the season of Europa is around the corner. Um, it's very exciting. We finished all the campaigns, my fire team and I, Dallas and Matt, uh, our fire team call is, and uh, so we played through one of the dungeons that's going away. If you're unfamiliar with dungeons in Destiny, they're basically raids, but shorter and made for three people instead of six, so a little bit more accessible. But they still have like some really obtuse mechanics, they still have the difficulty level, of a raid. Uh, and that was one thing that we wanted to do. This dungeon was going away as with um, a bunch of other dungeons as well. And we're like, we've never done one before. Let's do it. And I look up ahead of time, Prophecy Dungeon, how long does it take to complete? And people are like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's recommended light level this, but, you know, we were a few under, and it took us, we, we didn't go in even knowing what to do, and we took maybe about an, an hour and a half. And we're like, okay, okay, we're overpowered right now. We've got some good weapons. We know what we're doing. We looked up strategies ahead of time. We know what and we're you doing. got Dallas. And we got Dallas. We, actually, in that game, they have me. That's why I like that game so much, because <laughs> I'm finally the useful one. <laughs> Anytime we play literally anything else, Matt and Dallas just wipe the floor with me. I'm, I'm there as literally like a bug on the coattail that gets stepped on and ripped off of their back, and then I'm just laying on the <laughs> battlefield dead. But in this, I'm good. <laughs> but we play this dungeon and it takes us four and a half hours and there Oof. are all sorts of crazy like mechanics like uh one of the things is you have to there are moats in this game there's two things in this game there's either orbs or there's moats and whatever you're doing you have to collect moats and they're light or dark and they don't really tell you how to get light moats to do the light uh, wells or dark moats to do the dark wells you just have to be killing people while standing in the shadows like of a pillar or of a tree or something like that. If you're standing in the shadow and you kill it, then it drops dark modes. If you're standing in the light and you kill it, then it drops light modes. And then all these things. But then we get to this final boss battle and it's just like wave after wave of enemy and big bosses shooting at us while we had to get these moats and cleanse these wells. And then we get to this plane of this guy who warps us backwards. But if you get too far away from him, then everyone dies. And it was just like, it was probably a good two, two and a half hours of just running that final boss battle. And there were multiple times when we got to, like, a sliver of his health down. Like, a sliver of his health left. And then we died for some reason. But Jesus Crips. We beat that thing, and it felt so fucking good, Holden. Like, it felt Dark Souls boss level good. When you struggle on a boss for hours, and you finally beat it, and you're just like, ah! That's how it felt after this. <laughs> it felt good to complete it. Um... And I can't wait to do more prophecy or more dungeons in the future because there are so many more 
as part of like other planets that are staying or hopefully new ones. But maybe just like space them out. We can't do them too often because four and a half hours of stressful battles like that every week, it's going to knock me on my patootie. Patootie. Holden, why the fuck are you playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order again? <laughs> See, so I went through my list of PlayStation 4 games, like all my PlayStation 4 games. I'm like, what do I want to play on PS4 before PS5 comes out? And I played Ratchet and Clank. I played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I played Hollow Knight because I was on PS Plus. And then I played Apex Legends with Alex uh, for his Extra Life stream. And uh, just going through this list pretty quick. I don't really have much to say about each of the games. Uh, Apex Legends, the new map is really cool. I like the new map a lot. It has a very unique aesthetic to it. Uh, apparently, it was supposed to be used for Titanfall 3. So it was like, it was concept for Shh, Titanfall 3. We have 3. a story about that later. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, Hollow Knight. It, it it's Hollow Knight on PS4. It's a great game. Everyone should play that game. Hollow Knight fucking slaps. That was your game of the year two years ago. It was, yeah. Jedi that beat Fallen God Order, of so, War for you. That game was better than God of War 2018 in your mind. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Here's the thing. So I we weren't we were I don't think we hated it, but we were very lukewarm on that game when it I came out. I was mucho disappoint in that game. As they yeah. say. And I started playing that game, and just like I felt the first time I played it, wow, what a great two hours. And then after that, I'm like, you know, the combat doesn't feel right. You started it from the beginning? Yeah. Gotcha. It does just the combat just does not feel right in that game still, and I had heard they'd fixed it. That's which is part of the reason why I went to go back and play it. Yeah. And just no. I'm just I'm good. I, I'm I'm excited for the next one, see what they're gonna do with that. Maybe they'll, you know. Make it even better. Who knows? Could you but guys finally grab it. ropes? Yeah, maybe you finally grab ropes. And then uh, Ratchet and Clank, which playing that game, oh man, I cannot wait for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And that's really the only thing I have to say about Ratchet and Clank is, oh man, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> that's it. That's my playtime this week. That's pretty dope, Holden. Before we talk about everything else in the world, including our impressions on other people's impressions of new consoles... I'd like to tell you about Affable Idiots. That's right. It's the brand under which we fall with our sister podcast, AAWY, and some new types of content. Hmm. Eyebrows. Sexy eyebrows going. Uh, coming very soon. We would love to know that you support us and you want more stuff from us. How can you show us that love and support? You can go to YouTube.com and you can search. That's right. You have to search like a poor person. Respawn, aim, fire. You know why you have to search like a poor person? Because you guys didn't subscribe enough to let us get YouTube.com slash respawn, aim, fire. So if you do that and you subscribe to all of our channels, including AAWI and Affable Idiots, we'll give you good things. You can also go to our podcast services, give us a like or a five star, and leave us a little comment because that's our love language is good old sexy words. And uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash fire if you want to give us a monetary value in exchange for other types of goods, like uh, the ability to influence what we play with our barf game. Um, you get dope fucking wallpapers. And I'm just going to say, I've been on a roll the last six months with these wallpapers I don't like to toot my own horn, but I do like to fuck myself. <laughs> I, don't know. Okay. I don't know where that came from. Um, but they're good. They're good wallpapers. <laughs> and uh, there are two specific other things that I wanted to kind of bring up right now in this little Apple Idiots plug. If you would like to work with us, 
around next gen <laughs> consoles. If you'd like to work with us and hear more <laughs> masturbation conversations from Chad. <laughs> if you also want your listener base to be subjected to me fucking myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, if you are getting a new console at launch, whether it be PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, or Xbox Series S, and you are interested in maybe doing some review discussions around the console hardware or some review discussions around some of the launch games on those systems. Sorry. The launch games on that one system. Um, <laughs> please DM us on Twitter at Respawn Aimfire. Uh, we would love to, to kind of make some content around that in the next couple weeks with some people who also love it, who are also our friends. So I'm just like, I'm like, no, Xbox has launch games. Like, it's really more of like games that happen to be launching on the same day as Xbox. Yeah, games that are playable on the Xbox when it launches. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on, Holden. Let's jump into our quest log. Find out what the internet is saying we need to talk about this week in concerns for gaming. Those words don't make sense together, but you know exactly what the fuck I mean because we all speak English together as a race of humans. Microsoft Quest Log. Xbox Series S usable storage is reportedly 364 gigabytes, says Merdad Kayat at Dual Shockers. It's been speculated for a bit ever since it posted on Reddit, and now all the reviews are confirming it. Yes, you only have 364 gigabytes of storage space. Again, we've. this is something that I've been talking about as like a concern for the Series S since it was basically announced it was like oh that 500 gig hard drive that's small but my caveat to that was it doesn't matter because you can stream games with game pass and you don't need to download them to the hard drive flash forward to today when we know that you cannot stream games with game pass on a console only to an android phone uh, or to a pc which is uh, actually no actually i think it's just android right now it's not even on computers maybe it is i don't know point is your storage is kind of fucked on Series S right now, unless you want to shell out almost the price of the console again for that one terabyte expansion drive. And I think it was Ryan McCaffrey and I was making the point that once you're putting $220 down one of those expandable cards, you should have just bought a Series X because you're yeah. already spending more money than a Series X. And then you're going to get... You, you're going to get a little bit less hard drive space than you would have before, but you're going to get the 4K, you're going to get, you know... It's just going to be a more robust console overall. And then we have so great. then we have Steven Dutzman slide in here in the chat from Engage Family Gaming saying, or you can delete your games. Steven Dutzman, <laughs> so, Call of Duty plus Destiny already equals full hard drive. You can't delete those games. You play those games all the time because you're a gamer, and that's what true gamers play, and that's it. <laughs> so no, I mean, this first, is I was gonna segue into what it. Steven was saying as well because I've been dealing with the PS4 Pro, PS sorry, a PS4 base, not slim regular PS4 with 500 gigs of storage, which is ends up being about 400 gigabytes of space. So basically the Series S is like one game less than what I had. Yeah. And it's manageable. You can do it. But like Steven says, it's just kind of deleting games every once in a while. But the real problem is just like, is the Call of Duties and the Destinies, games like that. You kind of just have to pick one of those games and keep them and go back and forth and yeah. download them and it, it's frustrating, but it's doable. For the kind of person who's going to get this box, they might not be, maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to assume for the person, but like they might not be the most hardcore gamer getting one of these things at launch. And I kind of wonder, like, in the future, are we going to see 
a two terabyte Series X and then a one terabyte Series S show up. I kind of feel like they'll have to do that at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I'll say I've been in a similar situation. It's doable. If you get a Series S, I don't think you'll get a bad console. You just need to know you're going to be juggling. You're yeah. going to be juggling. That's going to be part of the Series X experience. What's What I think is interesting, uh, you kind of pointed this out, and, and Steven is saying this too, like the S isn't for us. It's not for like the really dedicated yeah. hardcore gamer necessarily. Like It's, it's more aimed at like a family-friendly, affordable option. Um, but those are also the kind of people who are going to be more ignorant to the storage space concern. Like, they're going to pick up, oh, this is an Xbox, it's cheaper, 500 gigabytes, I don't know, how big is a game, 10? And then they're going to get home, and their kid's like, Mom, can I play Call of Duty? Mom, can I play Assassin's Creed? And Assassin's Creed games now are huge. They have tons of DLC, mm-hmm. and they are they just get increasing, increase more in, in file size. And those are, like, the casual gamers, like, those are the things that they play. Are those mm-hmm. enormous open world games or online uh, battle royale, massively <laughs> multiplayer games, and and those things are going to be th- a shock, I think, to a lot of people who didn't realize that yeah. going in. The um, silver lining is that and this is also from Ryan McCaffrey at uh, IGN, who's tested both of the units very extensively in, in the reviews. The Series S versions of games are smaller than what you'd get on a Series X at the very least. It's not a huge difference, but it's like a little bit of a, you know, yeah. extra big room. Yeah, because they don't have to download 4K textures. Exactly. So you, I think Gears 5 was like 70 plus gigabytes on a Series X, but it was 50 on a Series S, which makes it more manageable, but it, it's still not making it so you can download like, you know, twice as many games because of the extra space. Like, it's not going to work out quite that well, but you'll at least get some more indie games you can throw on there now. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the medium, which was literally the one Mm. game I was excited to play on my Series X. It has been delayed from (laughs) December until January 2021. Um, And the official title of this article says, The medium delayed to January 2021 to not contend with Cyberpunk 2077. Says Logan Moore at Dual Shockers. They didn't specifically mention Cyberpunk 2077, but they did say other games on the market. And COVID-19 were both cited as reasons for the delay. It is now coming out January 28th. For anyone who doesn't remember the medium, this is the game where you can kind of flip back and forth between the regular world and like this devil, satanic, other crazy demon world as well. Um, And it looked kind of fun and dope. And it was, as I mentioned, literally the one game I was excited to play on Xbox Series X. Who's the biatch now? <laughs> I mean, I think it was probably smart of them to move outside of the Cyberpunk 2077 window. Yeah. Because that whole window is going to be dominated by Cyberpunk. But and you know what? I guarantee you they moved out of one window and right into another. Because January 28th is going to be the new release date of Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077. And we find out <laughs> next week, I'm sure. <laughs> I did have that thought of like Cyberpunk delays again. And then they keep doing it, and all these other games keep saying, like, oh, we're going to delay as well and push back. And then, like, no games come out in the beginning of 2021 <laughs> because they're all avoiding Cyberpunk. Um, yeah, I, I really, yeah, I think they made a good move, the medium, the developers of the medium, but it definitely hurts Microsoft because there is now officially nothing in 2020 that is exclusive to play on Series X that hasn't already been on Xbox One before. So, yeah, bummer. We have another update about Elder Scrolls and Bethesda information. I know that we said that we were probably done reporting about this kind of information, but we just couldn't. This was too good. This was too good not to report on. 
Well, it's also not about like the acquisition. It's just about the yeah. games. I mean, themselves. there's a little tiny yeah. bit about it in here, but we'll we'll talk about, about more cool stuff too. Todd yeah. Howard reveals new Starfield de- details. Elder Scrolls Six Day One Game Pass Edition confirmed, says Leanna Ruppert. Rupert? Ruppert. There are two pieces of Ruppert. At Game yeah. Informer. People have been champing at the bit for Starfield info. That's right. It's champing at the bit. <laughs> Chomping at the butt, but champing at the bit. Um, Starfield and ES6. That's Elder Scrolls Six for you lay people. These details came from an interview with GameIndustry.biz. Uh, Starfield will not have multiplayer. Not something that I think we knew ahead of time. And another kind of interesting thing about it is that they will have worlds within Starfield that are purposeful and placed and generated, but then they will have procedurally generated um, assets on that world to kind of breathe life into it and make it feel more lived in in a way that's a little bit easier to do mechanically. Um, if you are unfamiliar, procedural generation is when you just let the computer make up shit instead of telling it, I want a green alien that's four foot tall, blah, 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 on this planet. It just makes, it says, oh, we're going to use math and algorithms to decide what's going to be on this planet for you randomly. Uh, famously, No Man's Sky, the entire game is procedurally generated. Look how that turned out. It's good now, says someone. <laughs> Starfield so is me, also... <laughs> you are a someone. Yes, you are. I am Starfield is also apparently, quote, so much larger than Fallout 76, which was also already four times bigger than Skyrim. Um, so it's going to be huge. But I wonder how much of that space in it is you just, like, traveling between planets, in which case... It's five light years between these planets, and we didn't even have one single light year in Skyrim because you just walked across a mountain. <laughs> but who knows? Uh, and then finally, as confirmed earlier in the year, Bethesda's game engine is getting a major overhaul, and I put out a really funny tweet saying <laughs> they they like touted this in a in a news re- a press release last week that said. There are now five times more people working on Bethesda's game engine than there were previously. And I was like, what? Did they go from, like, one person side hustle to now two and a half full-time employees? (laughs) (laughs) Get it? Because their games are often janky. That's the joke. That's the joke I made, Holden. How does this this tickle your pickle, (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm ex- I'm just excited to see Starfield at this point. I think I'm more excited for that than Elder Scrolls Six. I played Skyrim for a little bit on Switch and just yeah, you know, it was good, but it didn't yeah. like hit me necessarily hard. Fallout, it Fallout's my prefer. I prefer Fallout over um, Elder Scrolls, um, but I'm interested to see what they do with Starfield. Um, I don't. I, I'm just more curious now how long we're gonna have to wait to hear about this. There was another story this week that was like really small and like super speculative, so I didn't include it. But it was that there was a t-shirt that one of the developers was wearing in oh, like yeah. a live stream of something and like if people are saying oh that connects to these these rumors that were that came out a few months ago and or a few weeks ago or something like that and part of those rumors was the game is coming in 2021 which is <laughs> that's what i say to that i say like chimpanzees do well their norm uh bethesda's norm is announcing a game within a few months of it releasing is that Starfield, a norm, or it, is that what they were most famously known for for Fallout 4? I thought they did that regularly before as well. I thought Fallout 4 was like an anomaly, and people were like, oh my god, what a brilliant marketing campaign. It's four months long, everyone knows it's mm-hmm. coming out right away, and it was like some brand new thing they had never done before for Fallout 4. Oh, maybe that could be the case. I know they did I mean, 76 like, as well. Doom Eternal had, I think, at least a year lead-up time to it. 
Oh, I'm talking about the Bethesda Softworks, then. like the those developers specifically, like that oh, gotcha. specific studio. Yeah, because um, like Wolfenstein and Prey and all the other games don't adhere to that. Dishonored, um, but um, but um, bum bum. So I'm curious if they will do like next year they announce it and then it does come out next year. I think it's possible. I think it's also possible considering the Microsoft acquisition and kind of what's happening with that. That will apparently be confirmed like around June of next year. So they yeah. probably don't want to say like what that launch plan looks like until they are that acquisition is complete and they're able to figure things out. So that also that acquisition could push it back because of what they did figure out they want to do. So I don't, it might not be that far away. I mean, it was like what 2018 when they announced Starfield. I want to look it up, but I'm thinking it was like 2018. It was Starfield? a while ago. Yeah, it was, uh, they, an- did they announce it when they announced Elder Scrolls six? Was that the first yeah, time same, that we'd ever heard of it? Three. Yeah, yeah. So that was two years ago. I'm looking at. I want to know for sure. Because that's when people saw, people saw the title screen, for Elder Scrolls Six, and it was just like some font <laughs> over some grass, and people were like, "Wow!" And we're like, "You fucking knew they were working on it. Why is that exciting?" I guess confirmation. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Confirmation that your favorite thing is fine is coming sometime, and you don't have to be in limbo. But then there was also the Metroid Prime 4 screen <laughs> that also everyone was ah! like, dudes, that game's literally not even coming out the way that they thought it was. It's a different game now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What are you looking up again? Um, I forgot. I've already forgotten. 2018. Yeah, it was 2018 they announced it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I said it confidently. I'm surprised you didn't just believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Acting. Holden, before we move on from Xbox's quest log... I would love to just kind of... We don't have a specific review we're going to cite because we just got some impressions from a bunch of different places. But I would love to have kind of a, a, a chat real quick about the Xbox Series X and the S reviews. Now that the embargo is lifted, mm-hmm. people are able to talk about the consoles and their experiences with them, uh, not just from a, this is what it looks like on the outside, but this is how it runs. This is how it plays. These are our impressions. Yeah. Yeah, I think before we get into it, I want to actually call out Brent on this one because Brent, I think he says something on he says something on Twitter, and I think he's right, which is that console reviews are kind of bullshit. <laughs> they just kind of are um, because you judge a console based on the life cycle of the console and kind of how things evolve over time and that kind of stuff. But in this case, this is the first time we're really getting hands-on impressions with these boxes, so it's kind of like you know, hearing about someone's impression at E3 kind of more than anything. Yeah. Um, but that's true for PS5 as well, which we'll talk about later on. So in terms of the Series X, Series S, it sounds like they're good consoles. And I kind of feel like that's the only thing you really say about it. Like, there's not really yeah. anything that's, like, stand out necessarily. Um, even things like the um the quick resume feature is not available for all games quite yet. It's not quite clear, like, when a game leaves memory so that it, you can go back and quick resume it like it sounds like it's a cool feature but it there's it's a little rough around the edges for those kind of few reasons yeah of, um, of all but, the things that i've listened to that's the feature that's that's talked about most and people are really high yeah. on like the fact that you can literally leave a game and jump into another one within like eight seconds yes yeah. i mean that's that's really cool to be able to think about that it also seems like the most next gen thing about the new xboxes right my, so, I've listened to a, a couple of things, and what I was I was listening to, I think, Easy Allies and their takes on it, and one of them described it as it w- it's basically like just giving you a better PC, like you've been gaming yep. on an Xbox One this whole time, and they just like, oh, cool, 
Well, here's a here's a better version of that. Here's a here's a new PC. Like literally, the UI is the same across both of them. The controller does all the same thing, with the exception of a new button and a slightly different form factor. Uh, but you get oh, cool, quick resume, which you could maybe like that. That's could be small enough that it's a a feature you might find with a new type of um, SSD or a memory card or whatever memory card. Yeah. What year is it? Um, <laughs> graphics card is what I meant to say. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the, the discussion that I've kind of been seeing, but people are loving the form factor. They're saying that it fits in really well. Uh, it looks nice in their entertainment systems. It runs super silently. That's what I was, that's what I was really kind of hoping. Like I know that the PlayStation five is huge and we'll talk about that in a minute and it has the heat sinks and things like that. But I was hoping that the series X didn't also just get too hot and, you can hear the fan, but no, from what I hear is Xbox X is like the quietest of all the next gen consoles, which is mm -hmm. awesome. Um, but yeah, in general, people are liking it, but you're right. It's just, it's, it's not exciting because it's just yeah. better at everything, but not nothing new and no new next gen type experience. Nothing's really noteworthy enough. Yeah. And I think what's even funnier it was, what's funny to me is that you'll see all these reviews that say, like, oh, it's it's kind of boring. And Phil Spencer retweeted that. <laughs> which I thought was, like, <laughs> really funny. Because it's like, I guess that was kind of the goal in a lot of ways was right. just to kind of have, like, a, you know, not the super exciting, like, launch. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it, was, it was interesting to me. Yeah, and I think it's kind of all to say there is to say about Series X. Like, if you get one, I think you're going to have a great time with it playing the, the the games you clearly already like because you're already playing them on your Xbox One. Right. <laughs> you have a great time with it. Um, but I think that's a... I know this is your hosting, but I think it's a good segue into the PS5, which has kind of felt like the opposite. I want to ask one last question here. Yeah. 100% on. Like, don't be like... Don't be me. Don't just, like, be a character for a, for a laugh. Do you think <laughs> that there is a significant or even, like, statistically relevant number of people who will who are playing on PlayStation right now and who see an Xbox Series X and say, "Ooh, I'm switching to Xbox next generation." Do you think that it is alluring enough to pull people away from PlayStation to convert them into Xbox rather than Sony ponies? Once there are games that make you go, "Ooh, I want to play that game and I can't play it on PlayStation." Then then we'll see that that happen. Yeah. I'm open to that myself, but like, no, there's nothing right now that I think that would make you go, ooh, I can't wait to switch to Xbox and play games that I think and, and, and be unable to play games I really enjoy my PlayStation right now. I just, I, I don't think that there's, I'd be shocked if there's anyone like that. I'd be absolutely shocked. Yeah, me too. And yeah. I think you're right. Let's let's use that to kind of transition into starting our Sony Quest log by doing the same about PS5, getting impressions, uh, seeing what people are chatting about. Before we do that, real quick pause. Dallas, I'm going to pose this question to you. You asked us, are you guys going to talk about Bofa tonight? Is that a soup? Is that a type of soup? <laughs> what are you referencing? <laughs> it does sound like a soup. <laughs> uh, so let us know in the chat. We might talk about it. I don't know. I'm not really a soup person. But hold on. PS5. People have hands-on on the controllers. They have hands-on on the console. They're allowed to tell you about a lot of things about the console, with the exception of a couple of things. Like, we, we still... There are embargoes around, like, the media apps on the console. So, like, we are, like, 90% we're able to learn about the console now, even yeah. though it comes out on Thursday. Do we have the same kind of uh, feelings about PS5 that we've kind of heard or uh, that we, we feel? 
I am so fucking hyped because this sounds like a real next gen jump. I'm so excited. Um, just hearing th- about the dual sense. That is oh a number one on my list. All these people yeah. freaking about about the fucking dual sense makes me so excited. And that was that was Xbox's big claim in actually the last two generations. They're like we have the superior controller. And then this mm-hmm. generation, DualShock 4 was great, but Xbox was like, yeah, but we've got the triggers that rumble. And now DualSense has just completely taken it to a completely different level. And, and to bring it into Xbox for a second, going back and doing, you know, looking back at the uh, Xbox One reveal um, for the retrospective, one of the things they said on stage at Xbox One's reveal was an iterative controller update. We didn't want to rock the boat too much. And they said the same thing this time around. And Sony's now like, okay, fine. You're not going to do anything with your controller. Like, we're going to just run laps around you. And Xbox yeah. is, I feel like based on the feedback, we haven't used it, to be clear, we have not used it. But I've based on the it. feedback, you've held it, yeah. When we were playing the Prophecy Dungeon, during the loading screens, I would pretend I was playing with my PS5 DualSense. <laughs> and then when we were actually playing the game, I would pick up my DualShock. Based on everything I've heard, it feels like Microsoft has to release a new controller with this kind of functionality. Because I think they could. They could release a new controller with this kind of functionality and keep the Xbox Series X box, excuse me, exactly the same. Yeah. I kind of feel like they have to. I, I think, think so I because... We were ta- Go ahead. I, I think you're right because not only are people, like consumers and reviewers... Incre- like this, all people are talking about is that everything else is a is yeah. a side story, but Dual Sense is the main thing everyone's freaking mm-hmm. out about. Not only are they so excited about it, but game developers are fucking ecstatic about it. I don't know how many yeah. countless stories we've read over the last six months about how developers like, I'm so pumped for Dual Sense and how I can use it in my game because I can make mm-hmm. you feel the weapon or where you're getting shot from. You know where that is. You can feel that in the game, and so uh, we'll see a little bit later that like there are there are actually I think this is in here. Yeah, there are there are so many third party developers that are on board with this in a way that they never were before. Like nobody used the fucking light bar the way that Sony thought people would. Nobody used the touchpad the way Sony thought mm-hmm. people would. But this feels like it's going to be a feature that everyone's excited to use. And quite frankly, it is what is going to keep me gaming on PlayStation. Like I've I've already trophies. <laughs> this is a little bit of a joke, but also real life. I've already. Sony is my third-party machine because it contributes to my platinum, my platinum trophies and all that kind of stuff. So I play mm-hmm. third-party games on PlayStation, but I cannot imagine having both consoles, and I have the option to play it on Xbox One X or Series X. God, that's such a stupid name. Xbox Series X. <laughs> and may, let's take Valhalla. No, that's not a good one because it's. it's not, let's play Resident Evil Village because we know that we're going to talk about this later. I could play Resident Evil Village on the Series X and have a wonderful time with it. But then I also know I have a PlayStation 5 and I could play Resident Evil Village on PS5 with haptics. That's Mm going to be a huge game. Like, there is no question that's going to be my my preferred choice in every single game. And if more people are excited about it, everyone's going to want to play on PS5. So they have to catch up. They have to integrate haptics. Yeah. And it's it's specifically because of how... I have not heard a single person say anything else besides, this is fucking amazing. There's been nothing else said. Nothing else said. And beyond even everything we just talked about, I feel like the whole concern of, like, is it going to get the adoption of the light bar? Like, the light bar didn't get adoption, or the touchpad, like you you were kind of talking about there. This is based off of Rumble, which developers already utilize. Yeah, and they've been looking for new interesting ways to utilize forever. 
Yeah, so it's it's it, it's a natural extension as opposed to this radically different thing. It just happens to have this radically new result on on gameplay. So I just I feel like this is yeah, that alone super exciting. Um the other stuff super exciting too with the PS5 like booting up is super fucking fast. Load times are really fast. Um, that stuff sounds great. There was some comparisons of the Xbox Series X actually loading faster yeah. than the PS5, which I found really interesting. I think I don't know if, it, if you were surprised as I was, but I was very surprised. I was surprised. To see and I think that. a lot of it. I, I actually there were some places that said, "Hey, these load times are much faster than PlayStation 5's load times," with mm-hmm. a caveat that like we were loading from quick resume rather than starting from scratch. Yeah. But um, I, it wasn't 100% that way across the board. But, yeah, I was, I was surprised to hear that. But all yeah. in all, I also don't remember seeing any games that were actually optimized for next gen yet. So I don't know if whenever yeah. we get the patch for all of these games, whether that's going to flip or not. But, no, I was surprised to see that. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. I think, um, I think it has something to do with the CPU. It's just that. It's a faster CPU on Xbox, and they, even though the SSD can load it in faster, the CPU still has to process that information. So yeah. it, that could be related, um, but it's like it's not concerning to me at, at all because it's still really, really fast. Yeah, with the load times. And, and I also thinking back on games that have pitched load times as like a feature, almost all the times when they say PS5 no load times, Xbox Series. <laughs> very like much reduced load times and i think what they're referring to is like once the game's loaded in and you're in it there are no load times on ps5 and it's a little slower on series x but actually loading and launching the game happens quicker on series x which was yeah a little surprising a little surprising but then again when you look at an example of not that i'm going to play miles morales but just use as an example you go to miles morales and you from booting up the console from completely powered off not rest mode completely powered off you're in the game playing in well under a minute yeah, that impressive. is such a huge leap. That's so, so exciting. No pun intended. <laughs> get it? Do you get it? Mom no. Morales leaps from rooftops and swings on webs. Huge leap. Oh. All right. I get it. I yeah. get it now. It's... What's funny to me with these reviews, and I, I, I'm going to call it IGN here, and I want to be very clear. I know yeah. they're two separate reviewers. I know they're two separate reviewers, but there is still one editor who challenges those reviews like just, just or, I'll, all right little tangent so dan stapleton who's one of the editors at ign i've heard him say this which is that when he's being the editor for a review he'll say hey i read your review so and so and you gave it an eight but nothing about the review really said it was great are you sure that you didn't mean it was a good and at a seven and this is the kind of conversation that an editor will have with the person writing the review of the game or whatever so it's really interesting to me that you have this, oh, this console is really next-gen. It's an 8 out of 10. And then the other console, it's kind of boring and does things exactly the same as before. Also, 8 out of 10. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> that seems so yeah, crazy so to me. For people who, who, just to fill in a little bit of context I think is missing, IGN rated both consoles as an 8 out of 10. Yeah. The yeah. general review of the Series X said, yeah, it feels like an interstitial upgrade. It's cool with some nice quality life things, but it's, it's kind of like a boring... Nothing really specific that's new. And then the PS5 one was like, it genuinely feels like next generation. The controller is amazing. Load times are great, blah, blah, blah. Also the same score we gave the Series X. 
And so it's like, how does that happen? Yeah. I, I think and it's IGN just is the only place I think I saw that had like something that that extreme, but Yeah, it just it was really surprising to me. Uh don't know why that was the case, because this is the first time I think I've seen a review for a next gen console that starts with, oh, this is definitively next gen. Like yeah. going back and watching reviews for PS4 or Xbox One, you usually kind of hear like, hey, this is a really good start to what we hope is a great generation of gaming. And this is like, no, 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 it's next gen. I can tell this is next gen right now, immediately, out of the gate. It's awesome. Yeah. It's hype. It's it's massive hype. We will have our actual thoughts on the console itself and not thoughts on thoughts on the console <laughs> next week. Thoughts on thoughts on thoughts. Thoughts on thoughts on thoughts. Uh, update before we go into the rest of the Sony Quest log. Um, Dallas has responded. Bofa is apparently Bofa D's nuts. We got got, Holden. We got oh. it was basically a knock knock joke for adults. <laughs> um, I really kind of wished it was soup, to be honest. Moving on to the rest of our Sony Quest log, we have uh, quite a few stories kind of within this that are all super little funny things. Not funny, but funny things. Insomniac confirms that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart will be a PS5 exclusive, says Kazuma Hashimoto at Silicon Era. Uh, this is uh, as we started to see the trend of next-gen games also coming to previous-gen on PlayStation. This was one of the ones that were like, I don't know, man. Like, they show that this was only capable due to the SSD. Is this also going to be PS4? Um, so, no, it's good to see that they are actually taking full advantage of that next-gen. Mm-hmm. More hype. Mo hype. Gran Turismo 7 is rumored to launch on PS5 in the first half of 2021, <laughs> says Ryan Meitzler at DualShockers. Apparently, there's a, a French PS5 ad that shows it, and on screen text, it says that it's coming in the first half of next year. That Which is means a, it's not a rumor. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not really a rumor. It is a, a produced by, by PlayStation, I assume. Um, but also, what a weird thing to put on an ad. Yeah. Like, why such a vague six month time frame on an ad? Like, why even mention it at all? Yeah. Yeah, very strange. Days gone. If you listen to the show and you uh, know our lifelong friend Dan, uh, famous Sony PlayStation um, pony boy, uh, wonderful human being, this is a game that he believes is most criminally underplayed on the PS4. Days Gone PS5 features include 60 frames per second support, says Jenny Leda at Silicon Era, has dynamic 4K with 60 frames per second. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest here, Holden. I might go back to Days Gone. I, I can see myself doing the same thing. I think this that, is exactly the a... kind of push that I needed. Mm-hmm. But here's I, most of the issues I had with Days Gone were technical issues. I mean, I, I had, yes, I did have some parts where I was like, all right, I'm kind of bored of doing this thing now, or I don't mm-hmm. really connect with these characters all that much. But I, I think a huge turnoff for me was when I would disappear into the bottom of the world or my bike would explode and then I'd be riding a ghost bike. And I, I ran into so many bugs that I was I was more easily swayed by the other things because the bugs were there. I was ready to give up mm-hmm. quicker. So I think with this, I might go back and, and pick back up Gaze, Days Gone. <laughs> Gaze Gone. Sounds like a great barf um, game. It, Oh, you know what? I don't know if it's a great barf game because if I if we do get invested, it's like a 60-hour experience, isn't it? And then what if we don't like it and we don't realize it until the second to last week because that's how we are? 
Um, let's um, do Dallas. How I will take you up on that both of these nuts suit. Long next time in to Rhode beat. Going to look at days gone. Thirty-eight like when hours. The reviews, we've got thirty-eight. I feel like when all the reviews came out, that was the biggest thing they all said. Is like, this would have been a great twelve-hour game, but then we realized very like twenty hours in, they were like, oh my god, this this game goes on forever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't. I'm. I think I'm gonna dip my feet back into it as soon as I finish beating everything else in the world that's coming out on PlayStation. Resident Evil Village. We 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 hinted at this earlier. Resident Evil Village PS5 will support 4K with ray tracing. Says Zermanicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. That's cool. However, other features include almost no load times, adaptive yeah. trigger and haptic support, mm-hmm. and what I think is gonna be the biggest selling point of this game is 3D audio. I'm going to shit in everyone's pants. <laughs> um, real quick before we talk about the, the last little note here. Adaptive trigger. Have you seen like the actual internals of the DualSense and how the adaptive triggers work? No, I haven't. I've seen like ideas of how it could work, but I haven't seen the actual So there, there have been down. a couple of places that have done teardowns of it now. And so the trigger itself is normally, in a DualShock 4 and most controllers, it is normally a, just a spring that depresses on a button. Mm-hmm. And then just that spring bounces it back up. But with this, it's actually a gear. It's a it's a cog on the the adaptive trigger. And when you press it, the cogs spin a spiral thing on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so that spiral thing turns as you push it down, and it re rotates the other way when it comes back up. And there's a motor attached to that spiral. And so as you push down, that motor can turn on to fight against you at different speeds or strengths and stuff like that. So that's how the adaptive triggers work on that thing. Interesting. What a cool little piece of engineering. You should look up photos of it if you can. It's, it's pretty cool. I've actually seen the schematic that shows exactly how that works like in, in the video I saw, but it, not the actual internal of what it looks like. So Yeah, it's dope. It's dope. It, it sounds very, very cool, yeah. I'm excited for that, but I'm also excited because Resident Evil Village will have ray tracing at 4K 30 frames per second or 1080 60 frames per second. And if you turn ray tracing off, you have the option for up to 120 frames per second if you have a TV that supports it. Speaking of TVs that support it, if you have a TV that is a 1440p, likely you don't, it's probably a monitor instead, uh, PS5 won't support 1440p output, according to IGN Italy, says Mirdad Kayat at DualShockers. This has now also been confirmed by PlayStation. PS5 only supports 1080p and 4K, according to Sony. Uh, This does not mean you can't use a 1440p monitor, it just means that it will be scaled from one of those two resolutions to match your 1440p. Yeah. Um, this is contrasting with Xbox's consoles, which do natively output at 1440p as well. I don't think that's going to be too big of a deal for a lot of people. No. No, it won't be a big deal at all. And this also means a game could still run at, like, it, like for example, like Doom Eternal could run at 1800p, but then use that resolution to scale up to 4K with checkerboarding and that kind of stuff. So, like... Yeah. I, this is kind of, I don't know, it's not going to make a huge difference. You're not going to notice. Just know that if you have a 1440p monitor, you're not going to get anything higher than that, than 1080p, technically. I think that's kind of the main takeaway. Right. Yeah. Um, as someone who right now is using a 1440p monitor when I'm used to a 5K monitor, it is disgusting. <laughs> 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 I've been using 4K TVs and retina displays and 5K monitors for so long that now using this temporary 1440p monitor makes me want to pee in my own eyes. 
Three more stories on our Sony Quest log. This one is PS5 lets you automatically turn subtitles on for all your games, says Matt TM Kim. That's so weird. I've almost always, in fact, I have always only ever seen him refer to as Matt Kim from IGN. Who the hell is Matt TM Kim? Is that a different person? No, so it's the same. I think it's the same person, but he likes Pokemon. That's my. Oh, okay. That's what okay. I think it is. You think it's just like a fun thing they did for Halloween, or you know, everyone changes their name on Twitter. Maybe he's Matt TM Kim for Halloween. Maybe I don't know, but I noticed in the past few months, but I've never put it as Matt TM Kim. But I think this might be the first time I put it in as Matt TM Kim. He's been doing it for a little while. All right. Maybe it's, it's weird. For yeah. Adams. It's weird. Who knows? Good. Well, good for him. Maybe it's for Christopher Adams. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, that's my middle names. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. I, I I said something similar to Christopher Adams for your middle names at the beginning of this podcast. I don't remember what they were, though. Custom settings let you change the certain preferences across all games. So if you've ever been to a game and every single one asks you, do you want to do performance? If you've done a PS4 Pro, at least. Do you want to be performance mode or resolution mode? Do you want to have regular controls, or do you want to go into the settings and change it to inverted? Do you want to have subtitles on or off? What difficulty do you want to play on? You can tell your PS5 these things once, and it will automatically tell all the games, so you don't have to make those choices every single time. That's so cool. Like, little tiny quality of life thing. That's dope. Mm-hmm. And I think it especially works, too, now that you have a PS5 where some games will have ray tracing, some games will have 4K dynamics, some games will yeah. have... Ten- it kind of just helps you say, this is what I want, and you don't have to go fiddle with the settings every time you go into a game. Right. It kind of just simplifies that whole thing. It makes it much easier. Um, also, difficulty settings. That's, that's just kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. That way Dallas can just say hardest difficulty every time and then figure out why he hates video games. <laughs> There's then no option have... though to know if you want Bofi's nuts or just one of those nuts. It's Bofa D's nuts, not both of these. Who is Bofi? Either way, and why are we taking Bofi's nuts? <laughs> I can't even say the options. It'd be nice if PS5 would just let me choose once, and so then so you it can... need the subtitles turned on. I need the subtitles. <laughs> oh, off, off, always off. I hate subtitles. I know, I know, but there are certain games when I'm playing through them where I'm like, oh god, Holden should have turned subtitles. Like when we were playing through, like Bioshock, I think was one where it's like you have to have yeah. those audio logs. You have to have subtitles on. Yeah, but it's like I'm already reading the environment. I don't need to be reading subtitles at the bottom of the screen. Like it's just yeah. terrible idea. Terrible idea. Side note, my family. I've recently learned now that I've been living back at home with them for the past two months. Um, they are all subtitles while they watch TV kind of people. Mm, like they, no. they have captions on a hundred percent of the time on everything, and it's it's obnoxious because, that's like a, you said, that's a boomer I can't pay thing. attention total to the visuals thing. because my eyes are constantly drawn to the words at the bottom of the screen. Even if I'm even if I want to just listen and ignore them, I can't. Yeah, so my, my dad will do that because he's like, well, I don't want the TV to be too loud and, like, travel at the house. So he'll read the subtitles instead, and I'm like... But then at the same time, he doesn't like watching foreign films. I'm like, you read subtitles <laughs> in English <laughs> for English movies. My brother's family, he, they do it because the kids being really loud. They have young kids, so obviously yeah. it's like, well, you can't hear the TV over them. My parents do it because they sit... They put their chairs like 20,000 feet away from the TV. And they're like, I can't hear it. <laughs> so they turn on subtitles. Um, HomePod. They get a HomePod and Apple TV. Well, I just fixed. got them a whole Sonos surround set up today for my mom's birthday. and Very so good. We're going to do that instead. Hopefully that works. Okay, moving on. PS5 won't support SSD expandable storage at launch, says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Um, for context... 
both systems, PS5 and Xbox Series X, have ways of expanding storage because hard drive space is limited. PS5 solution was you could buy any SSD that's compatible and put it in this new easily accessible slot to add to your storage. Um, however, that slot is they specified we have to make sure that the SSDs are fast enough to match PlayStation 5's um, speeds. We have to make sure it's compatible with our I.O. structure. We have to make sure that it is like physically sized enough, uh, small enough to be able to fit in there. And so they told us when they revealed, they're like, literally nothing matches these specifications yet. We would hope to have something by the end of the year that we can tell you is compatible, but we don't know. So their solution to keep people from just buying it and trying it is they've just turned off the functionality. Even if you've bought one that seems to fit and can go in your PlayStation, firmware-wise, they've disabled it until they can have an approved list of SSDs. Mm-hmm. Are you... Well, which? Are you a fan of this versus the proprietary, or do you like Xboxes like partnering with Seagate to make specific cards that are compatible with it? Initially, so by kind of it's kind of a long-winded answer, but like initially, I was saying I think Microsoft took the better approach here because they're going to at least have options at launch, and I still think that for having options at launch, it's good, kind of doing yeah. it the way they did it. But in a perfect world where everything's available at launch. I think Sony did the better way of doing it. My big concern without before seeing the console, before seeing the teardown, was, yeah, but it's really inconvenient to like tell a consumer to take apart their PlayStation 5 to put an SSD in it, but it seems really easy to do. Because it's not really... You're just taking off one of the faceplates. You're not actually right. like digging into the console, because that can be dangerous. Someone could be wearing a fleece sweater, and next thing you know, there's a static oh, God, discharge yeah. in your PS5 is totally fucked but that doesn't seem like that would happen in any circumstance based on how they do it you still be careful and don't wear fleece sweaters when working with the ssd though Just in general <laughs> don't wear fleece sweaters like <laughs> they're not comfy they're not breathable you take them off and immediately you become a lightning rod <laughs> i'm not gonna want to shake your hand or have sex with you and that's what really everyone cares about is whether or not i want to have sex with them so don't wear fleece <laughs> Uh, in general, I kind of I think I do I do like the PlayStation's option more because it provides you options. Like I was not mm -hmm. a fan of the Memory Pro Stick Duo for PlayStation Portable. I was not a fan of like you know those you have to buy the PlayStation Vita cards for the PlayStation Vita, yeah. and there's such a crazy markup on them. Uh, that being said, Xbox's Seagate partnership it looks like a completely reasonable price for the terabyte that you get uh, yeah. of that storage. But I do like having options that drives competition. It drives prices down for consumers. Um, I don't know. I will I, I will very likely, as soon as an option comes out, probably get it because I'm the kind of person that likes to keep a lot of games on my PlayStation, especially if I like as things get updated, like Avengers and Destiny, to take advantage of the PS5 SSD, that I'll want to make sure that I have all of them on there. Yeah, and their price, I think there is one... That is kind of within the correct spec, but Sony hasn't like approved it quite yet. We're just kind of waiting to hear if it is actually approved or not. Yeah, and it there was like two thirty. Yeah. It was like two thirty for one terabyte. Yeah, I don't think it was like four hundred um, so for two terabytes or something. Yeah, so it's not that bad. But I think I would kind of go all out and get like whenever they're like decently priced, I would get like if I could get a two or four terabyte one and just yeah. make sure I never have to buy one ever again. Because it has on top of your storage as opposed to replacing your storage, which is also very nice, very convenient. Very nice. Finally, our last one of our PlayStation Quest log is PlayStation 5 Demo Station Shows Console Overheating, says Dennis Patrick at GameRanks. There's apparently a person on Twitter posting photos from a uh, Best Buy 
kiosk where their Best Buy has an actual PS5 on display for you to try out. And uh, the screen just says, the PS5 is overheated. Please turn it off and wait for the temperature to go down. Uh, and they were like, whoop. As if like it failed. There are a couple things to note that like often at these stores, these things are kept in locked, tiny, tight boxes to keep them from being stolen. So it's possible that it was just like suffocated to death. We don't have follow up info from this random Twitterer. I um, do want to share like my experience because I yeah, have. Yeah, this is what you do to set up these demo stations. Yeah, I have. Uh, well, let me let me itch my foot. Um, I have. I've done this. I've made several of these demo stations, and without naming any company specifically, let me just tell you they're um, almost never engineered very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's usually something really messy about them, and I'll say um, again without naming any products, um, things that I have seen as demo devices in store versus the product that I've actually owned myself and have used at home. The demo version at the store is always a piece of trash garbage machine. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would not look into this as a sign that the PS5 is going to start overheating. We will find that out, you know, in a few months as kind of things start playing out. But this is not the sign. That it's yeah. over, that there's a heating problem based on all indications in the reviews. It sounds like that's not an issue based on the fact there's liquid metal cooling. That's not the issue, and I think you hit it on the nail on the head. Like it's probably in a plastic box with no ventilation because they didn't think about heat displacement. Because the people who are making these or engineering these boxes are not computer engineers. They just they, want something that's hard to break into. They don't want something exactly that's also breathable for a console. Yeah, they're not this thinking about a, air ventilation. This is a cautionary tale, though, for people who are like, hey, listen, when you're thinking about where to put this in your entertainment center, make sure you give it enough room to breathe. That's important for yeah. all consoles, for most electronics. Yeah, for all everything. If, like, you have, if, you're... if you're one of those people, like my family was for a long time, who has like five different electronic devices and they're all just stacked and sandwiched on top of each other, like, don't do that. Give them their yeah. own shelf. <laughs> <laughs> also... Um, it's just talking about how subtle this can be when you're using, for example, your MacBook and you're laying it on your bed or on a pillow and it's the fans are going really hot right now. It's because even that pillow is blocking the ventilation to get the air out. Like just to kind of go how like subtle and insignificant the placement can be before this becomes an issue. Yep. But if you're putting your entertainment center, if it's wide open, you're good. You're good. Most yeah. likely. Yeah. Moving on to our Nintendo Quest log, we have one story today that we've already hinted at and probably won't talk about too long. Pikmin <laughs> 3 opening week physical sales were lower on Switch than Wii U, says Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. Uh, this is specifically about UK weekend sales. They were lower than the original Wii U's opening sales. They were down 18.5% compared to that. Mm -hmm. uh, this excludes digital sales. I have two things to say about this. I have three things to say about this. One, it's Pikmin. It's never been a big game. It's not going to sell well. Two, yeah. there I have seen zero marketing from Nintendo about this game, so that probably contributed to it as well. I yeah. have four things to say about this. Three, <laughs> it is COVID, especially in the UK. Many of them are mm -hmm. back in complete lockdown right now, so of course yep. physical sales are going to be down. Five... I don't even know that this number, like, physical sales, why are we still tracking that? Is that relevant nowadays? Digital is so, um, it's, it's, it's such 50 -50. a huge part of, it's a significant cut of game sales now. It's like, why are we even talking about physical sales opening weekend from now versus, I don't know, 2013, 2012, when Wii U launched and this game came out and 
then physical sales were almost all of game sales at the time. So like, why are we comparing these numbers? I think I think it's just a limitation of companies like NPD who can really only really have outlets to track via physical retail stores. They don't have yeah. connections with PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo to track the digital sales. Um, I think the notable thing here is just that it's down physical from the Wii U physical, which would at least suggest that when your market share of your console is that much higher, you think that it easily would have gone past the physical sales for for Wii U, and it didn't. And I think this is just a sign that Pikmin 4, probably not going to happen. I think this might have been the nail in the coffin for for Pikmin. I think it's kind of, for me, the main takeaway. I agree with everything else you said, though. Like, COVID is a huge factor in this, of course. Yeah, Um, especially, like, this is the week that most most of the UK mm -hmm. went into lockdown again. Yeah. So, it's a shame. You don't like to see Nintendo franchises not do well, but it happens. As a caveat, I know you mentioned NPD. NPD does get digital sales from select publishers. So, like, publishers who choose to disclose that. I think Sony is one of them. I think Microsoft okay. is. Nintendo is not. Some third parties are. Some third parties aren't. So, like, that's, that is all its own ball of wax. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our last part of our quest log, the fetch quests. These shorter stories, not necessarily shorter, but ones that are less significant that we don't feel like we need to dwell on. Starting with Nintendo Switch sales reached 68.3 million units worldwide, says Sato at Silicon Era. They're doomed. So cool. They're done. That's it. They're doomed. They're doomed. Um, That's impressive, given that they've been out for three and a half years. Um, That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Marvel's Avengers reportedly resulted in a $63 million loss for Square Enix, says Collier Jennings at CBR. Uh, this is not something that Square Enix has come out and said. It is a, predict- a prediction by an analyst. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, which is surprising to me because Marvel's Avengers was September's biggest launch. Like, it was the number one selling game in September mm-hmm. when it came out. Could have been a lot of launch sales, then not much after that. Or it's I possible. Wonder, I-, I wonder if they had spent so much in development hoping to make money back with, like, microtransactions and things like that. Because, like... All of the characters are free, but new characters, if you want to unlock their season pass, unlock new costumes and things like that, then those cost 10 bucks each. Mm-hmm. And then you can technically unlock those all with gameplay, or you can buy in-game currency to unlock it faster. I wonder if they were just like hoping to make more money of, off of that, and they didn't. I don't know. That's surprising me, know. though, because in my eyes, that game was actually a success. Yeah. And I'm all that matters, as we all know, because wearing fleece <laughs> is not attractive to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Metacritic, the Metacritic score for it wasn't really anything to write home about. And based on reporting, it's kind of gone down in player in its player base. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm curious what the future of this game is. Because I didn't have, like, I, we all kind of know where I landed on it. Like, I never really was thinking it was going to be a great game. But I still thought it was going to have an audience. Yeah. And I, I really hope that's not the case. I hope they can keep going with it. No, I think it does. And I think everyone who plays it and everyone who made it recognizes that, like, oh, yeah, the reason why no one's playing it right now is because they're done with the content. And as yeah. soon as they release a new character and new content, then, yeah, we're all going to jump back in. It'll be fine. Control Ultimate Edition for PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S is delayed to 2021, says Ben Bayless at DualShockers. 
They spent all that time working game. on the cloud version of the game. They just had to push back the next ver- <laughs> next gen version of it. <laughs> for all the amazing, like that game was literally my game of the year last year. For all the amazing things about that game, its post launch life has been such a mess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Among Speaking us. Speaking of the opposite of that, like literally yeah, exactly. the opposite of that. Post launch life has been its only life. Among us to add yeah. new map, account system, and more, says Jordan Alleman at IGN. Um, there's also a new option coming to report toxic players. Uh, this is part of, you know, they mentioned they're canceling Among Us 2, and instead of just funneling all those ideas into Among Us 1. So this is really cool to see. That game, still just as fun as ever to play. It's great. It's awesome. One of my favorite uh, election memes was uh, <laughs> yep. Orange was ejected. And I Trump. just was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> and it has a little, like, hair and everything on him. Yeah, it's great. Yep. It's hilarious. It's a very good meme. Good meme. Good meme, everybody. Good meme, everyone. Grand Theft Auto V has sold over 135 million units since launch, says Merdad Kayat at DualShockers. And it's going to sell even more when it comes to yet another PlayStation console. Rockstar's doomed. They're done. They're doomed. They're over. We tweeted a a meme this week. I tweeted for us via the account. A meme about Grand Theft Auto V that says, PS2 had three great Grand Theft Auto games. Grand Theft Auto V had three PlayStation consoles. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They're milking it. Respawn talks going beyond Apex Legends Battle Royale, says Armenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. This is what Holden was alluding to earlier. Uh, There was an interview with them, and Titanfall 3 was apparently in development uh, before Apex Legends was started or launched. Um, and in fact, the new map that just launched for Apex was originally developed from Titan was developed in concept from Titanfall Three, but the team just liked Apex so much that they decided to put all their work into that instead of Titanfall Three, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it shows people love that game. The developers made a great game. They like it a lot. That being said, I do want a Titanfall Three. That campaign of two was so good. I really would hate if they just left it with Apex Legends because I like Apex Legends, but nothing, nothing to top that Titanfall Two campaign, not yeah. at all. Two more stories. Godfall looks like it could be coming to Xbox Series X in 2021, says Logan at Logan Moore at Dual Shockers, I believe. Oh yeah, Logan Moore. Yeah, I just wrote Logan. Um, no, it's just Wolverine from Dual Shockers. <laughs> just Wolverine. Just yeah. the movie Logan. <laughs> Uh, this is, I mean, this is cool. I'm excited because Godfall is one of my most anticipated games for the PS5 launch. We thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be a PS5 exclusive, but it looks like it's only a six month timed exclusive at the least. Um, I am excited because this gives, if it is a good game, a game for people to play on Series X next year, which is going to be great. And because it is, because it is Gearbox and Gearbox is working on cross-play for Borderlands 3, I hope that they're looking at just integrating cross-play from the beginning with Godfall. Yeah. Um, that would be cool. And then yesterday... Yes, yesterday, yep, yesterday was N7 Day, which, as you all know, is November 7th. N7 was Mass Effect. That's the little the Normandy 7N7 logo, all that fun shit. Yesterday was N7 Day, which is every single year when they do some kind of Mass Effect celebration, news, something like that. This comes from Casey Hudson at BioWare. There is uh, one very big announcement that came from that, and that is that we are finally getting Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming spring 2021 with improved resolution and frame rates. It is going to be a PS4, Xbox One, and PC title, and it will be forwards compatible 
with next gen. Um, Holden, you fucking love Mass Effect, even though mm-hmm. you're a fake fan. I, I what did can, this do to yeah, you? Yeah, I can take that. I haven't beaten Mass Effect 3. That's what Chad means. I've never beaten Mass Effect 3, but Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games ever. So, yeah, you, shame me. Shame me all you want, you guys. I deserve <laughs> shame, it. Shame. <laughs> shame. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped for this. I got it on Xbox and then, like, the backwards compatible versions of these games. Then, right. kind of, rumors started to pick up for this. So I'm like, mm, no, I'm just going to play this again when it has the fancy graphics. I can play it on PlayStation 5. Going to be great. Going to be awesome. Can't wait. Super pumped. I'm happy for it. I really love the Mass Effect game. I played two and three, and I did the little comic at the beginning of two instead of playing one. Oh, you missed um, so many great moments. But I have the platinum trophy for number two. Like I, I like these games a lot. Mm-hmm. I am a little bummed that it's just it's just mm-hmm. frame rate and resolution upgrades. Like it's not it's not remaking. It's not rethinking some of the mechanics. It's it's literally just 4K gra- like upscale not upscaling but remastered with 4K graphics. Um. I wonder if they're going to, like, maybe even swap out the character models. Maybe they take Mass Effect 3's Shepard and characters and insert those same models into Mass Effect 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I hope they at least do that. Although yeah, EAs, that'd be so nice. You know, they're probably just thinking about what's the least amount of work we can do for the most amount of money. This is, yeah, this is to prove that making a next Max Effect game is worth it. I think it's kind of ultimately yeah. what this is about. And we got confirmation that there is a team starting to work on a next Max Effect game, which is cool. Yeah. What that means... We don't really know. <laughs> what does it mean? They're starting to work on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go to game game show, I have to poo really, really bad. Okay. I need to. I need to go. We'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're gonna go to a hold screen. Actually, no. You know what? Holden, you go poo. I'm gonna talk okay. to our our listeners on chat right now. <laughs> okay. If you are I'll in right chat back. right now. It looks like uh, Dallas. You are very vocal. Tell me about. Uh, no, I'm not gonna have you tell me about things because that's not gonna be interesting. I'm abandoning this plan. We're going to a hold screen. <laughs> Holden's back from peeing out his asshole, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that means? It's time for Game on Game Show. The game on our gaming show. We play a game called Game on. The game show on our gaming show. Game, 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 game. Holden, last week we did our PlayStation 4 retrospective, and we had an accompanying mm-hmm. PlayStation-related like, like trivia game almost. Yeah. This week, we did an Xbox retrospective, and I made a five-question Xbox trivia-type game as well called Xbox Guest Talks, where we guess what guests on Xbox Talks have talked. What? <laughs> 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 that, that subtitle will make more sense here as I explain. Um, okay. I, I found an article about a podcast from 2016. <laughs> there was an episode of Podcast Unlocked that brought together the original Xbox creator, Seamus Blackley, Xbox 360 linchpin, Peter Moore, and current head of Xbox, Phil Spencer. And they all three just got together and talked about Xbox developing it, cool behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. stories. And from that article about the podcast from 2016, it was Podcast Unlocked from IGN with Ryan McCaffrey, uh, I pulled some cool information that I didn't know that, about Xbox history, and I thought it was fun. So I've created a five-question multiple-choice quiz for you, just to Ooh. help you learn a couple of cool things about Xbox's history. Uh, again, this is Xbox in general, not just the Xbox One, which the retrospective was about. Number Let's one. Get with it. 
Holden. Oh, so again, just to repeat, so now that it makes more sense, the game is called Xbox Guest Talks, where we guess what guests on Xbox Talks have talked. <laughs> it does make a little bit more sense. Yes. <laughs> so this interview with these three individuals, um, the very first question that uh, I pulled that they revealed on there, the question is, why is the official Xbox color green? I have three choices for you. Okay. One, it's the color of envy, and they wanted the industry to envy the new experiences they could provide. Two, someone stole the designer's markers, and they only left the green one. <laughs> three, they'd prepared a red version and a blue version as well, but in focus testing, people kept confusing them with Nintendo and PlayStation. I'm going to go with the last one. That one makes the most sense to me. So I'm gonna go Fun with that story, one. someone stole the designer's markers, and they only <laughs> left the green one. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm like, yeah. can I put that one in there to, like, have a funny one? That's what I No, that's, that's, that's really that's, the reason why it was green. So the, the, the that's amazing. Original, that's too funny. Yeah, the designer, so he had a bunch of really fancy pens and stuff like that at his desk and markers, and someone stole all of them but left one color green that apparently they didn't want. I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I'll, I'll color green real quick. And then people just liked it. Very interesting. It's a lot to hinge the brand of the company on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Question or, number two. Or, or what it is. Someone from the future time traveled to the past, <gasps> knew that green was going to be the good color, and took the red and Oh, shit. That sounds like blue some markers. time turner shit going on right there. Mm -hmm. Tenet. Mm -hmm. Yep, Tenet. Tenet. True story. True story. I'm trying to figure out how much whether I can even tell this story. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after we're after we're off the show. The, okay. I work. I train. I do trainings. There is a spot in the trainings where I say the word tenant, and I purposely I do this while I say it just to see if anyone <laughs> notices. No one's ever said anything. Probably because they're all smarter than me and didn't go to a movie theater in the middle of COVID. But <laughs> <laughs> question number two: Which game did Microsoft originally think would be the Xbox's breakout success? One, it was always Halo Combat Evolved. Two, it was Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. Three, a game called Malice, which was a Gwen Stefani-fronted action platformer. I do know that they thought... I'm pretty sure they thought Halo was... They liked it, but they weren't 100% thinking it was going to be the big game. Oddworld okay. already had a reputation at the time. Okay. So I'm going to go with Oddworld, but I feel like I'm going to eat my words on that as soon as I'm done answering the question, but that's my final response. You don't think it was the Gwen, F Gwen Stefani game? No, it was Oddworld <laughs> Munch's Odyssey. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, they weren't always high on Halo, or as high as everyone else seemed to be when it launched. Uh, and they thought Oddworld Munch's Odyssey was going to be their big breakout game. He was already on PlayStation, I believe. Yeah, it was on PlayStation 1. Yeah, this was, I think, the third in that series. Yeah. Question number three. Jason Jones from Bungie was furious about a about Halo being on Xbox because he intended for it to instead launch on a I know this answer already. You don't even do it. It was supposed to be on uh, Mac and PC, but Mac was the first place it was introduced. That's exactly right. It was supposed to be yep. a Mac game, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is really fascinating yeah. that that There's was a... the first platform, not PC and then coming to Mac, but launching on Mac. It was shown at Macworld, and like Steve Jobs is like, and we're showing off Halo, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's not at all like what I would have expected. Yeah, yeah, a little interesting piece of history. Two questions left. Number four, which skew of com of sorry, 
Which skew of Xbox consoles did Phil Spencer and other Microsoft executives hate most? Was it the Xbox 360 Arcade Edition, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, or the original Xbox One? Which Phil Spencer everyone hated the most. Right. A lot of Microsoft executives, including Phil Spencer, which one did they internally hate the most? I'm going to say no to the digital edition, because if they hated it, I don't think they would have released Series X digital only. Okay. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm just kind of working this out. The other two was the original Xbox and the original, original Xbox, Xbox One. Original Xbox One, and then what was the other one? Oh, the, the arcade Xbox edition for 360. Arcade edition. I'm going to say that, because um, I don't know exactly what it is they didn't like about it, but I'm going to go ahead and assume it was the Xbox 360 arcade edition, because it's really just designed to be inexpensive, but it kind of was held back by having an incredibly small hard drive. Like it was like four gigabytes or something ridiculous like that. So I'm going to say it's the arcade edition. Yeah, it was the arcade edition. And you're right. It, it had a four gigabyte hard drive. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was kind of the Xbox Live Arcade was a thing for a long time. And that, that's where games like Braid launched, really smaller indie titles. So this was yeah. a console launched specifically with that audience in mind. And you're like, oh, you don't need any more than four gigabytes to have a bunch of really tiny indie games, right? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, they, they hated that thing. Uh, interesting though that they are kind of that's it's not quite the same pitch but that's kind of the pitch for xbox series s it's like it's like oh yeah it's it's smaller hard drive you don't need it because the games are going to be smaller anyway 1440 anyway last question to put that in perspective though like ps3 launched the following year with a 20 gigabyte hard drive just to give people an idea of like how small hard drives were back then compared to now yeah like yeah, it's it's the PS the times. PS5 yeah twenty and sixty were the two configurations at launch. You could get a twenty yeah. gigabyte hard drive or sixty, <laughs> which is like nowadays it's like saying you can have a third of the game or one whole game, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or half of Call of Duty, or half of Call of Duty. <laughs> um, last question: Which original Xbox feature was not secretly contested? The Duke controller, the built-in hard drive. The green jewel on top of the console. It was not secretly contested. Right. So which one of these basically did no one have a problem with? The Duke controller, the built-in hard drive, or the green jewel on top of the console? This one's tougher. I'm going to say, because they changed the Duke controller, but then they brought it back like later on as this like, kind of cool legacy thing. They brought it back like two years ago as like, yeah, throw it. When yeah. Xbox... When original Xbox games became backwards compatible, they brought back the Duke. Which makes me think it's that one. Because I don't think they would have brought it back if they didn't like it at all. And didn't at least know that there was some sort of nostalgia for it. So I'm going to say, I'm really uncertain about this one. So I'm just throwing in the dark. I think it's that one. The Duke controller. The correct answer. No one had a problem with the green jewel on top of the console. Interesting. But the Duke controller... Uh, Blackley, Seamus Blackley, the original Xbox creator, hated it so much that he even like secretly went to a bunch of people, like Japanese developers and things like that, got their feedback on it, and he had a huge spreadsheet just full of names of people that hated the controller as much as he did. <laughs> uh, and it was largely the Japan audience, the two, that convinced them to make a smaller um, controller as well. But he also really was a champion for the built-in hard drive. Apparently, there were a lot of executives at Microsoft who were like, we don't need a hard drive. That's going to be expensive to put in this console way back in 
2000 and what was that? 2002, 2001, mm-hmm. whenever the OG Xbox launched. So it was, it was going to be really expensive, but he was so adamant about it. He's like, "Listen, if you put the hard drive into the console, I will shut up about the Duke controller." And then they did, and so it launched with the Duke controller uh, and the built-in hard drive. <laughs> That's too funny. So. Compromise. Hashtag compromise. That's right. And then eventually he got his way because they redesigned the controller. So <laughs> <laughs> Because everyone else hated it. <laughs> yep. That thing was huge. Yeah, it was massive. In fact, I have one in the other room. I have, I have my Duke controller still. Very cool. So that's it for Xbox Guest Talks, where we guess what guests on Xbox Talks have talked. And that's it for Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show. We play a game called Game on, the gaming show on our game, 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 game. Um, and also, that's it for episode 186 of Respawn Aim Fire, the official podcast of Christmas. <laughs> uh, you have some chores, some chores as listeners and lifelong friends. One of them is to go subscribe to us on all the places you need to subscribe. Podcasts, YouTube, we need that shit. Number two, uh, go to patreon.com slash fire. Download those cool-ass wallpapers, ass wallpapers. Number three, for barf, barf, barf for this month, um, we are doing, again, something a little bit differently. We're not playing necessarily a backlog game. Uh, you have voted as patrons that we are going to play Godfall, and Demon Souls, and we're going to play them super in-depth and have a really big in-depth conversation about both games instead. And then finally, again, if you are getting in one of the new consoles at launch or both, and uh, you are interested in making some content with us in the next couple of weeks, DM us on Twitter. There are a lot of you that already have like responded with the GIF tweets that I tweeted yesterday, uh, so that's fine. You're already included. But if you were not one of those people, uh, let us know. And we're going to hopefully plan that in the next couple of days. Nope. Until next time. When we will have next-gen consoles. We will. The next time you hear our voices ever again, we will have next-time consoles. Next time. Next-gen consoles. (laughs) Because Thursday is game night if you're a patron. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we announce what we're playing since we kind of know? We do know, yeah. So we'll We're be doing, playing uh, Rainbow Six yeah, Siege yeah. because it has some nice next-gen features, but it's also backwards compatible. So for all of us who have a PS5 or Xbox Series X, actually, does it do cross-play? I don't think it does cross-play. I don't think it does Either cross-play, way. but it is cross-gen. It's so cross-gen, yeah. PS5 so if you have a PS5, you get to experience nice 120 frames per second if your display supports it. Look that up to find out if you do. And then uh, everyone else can play it on PS4 if they haven't got an extra console yet. So it's going to work out nice. It's going to be beautiful. That's Chat, right. it's going to be right. beautiful. That means if you're getting a PS5 on launch day, make sure one of the first things you download is Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> yes, because it's huge. But downloads are apparently a lot faster on it, so it won't take you as long as it does in your That's PS4, right. depending on your internet connection, of course. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now for our usual sign-off. You remember when Holden peed out his asshole? <laughs>